Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie Creel with Shelter Insurance. Come see how we've built a name that you can trust and why it is a must to get your free quote today with our Switch and Save. Located in Ridgeland and Florida, Mississippi, give us a call, 601-992-6000. It's a great time to live in Mississippi, and we're talking about it. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. From the Citizens Bank Studio, welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show, where we celebrate every single day so many incredible people who are working so hard in the trenches to make Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. Coming to you again today from uh, the studio up in the Mississippi Delta. I'm up here enjoying some time up here. Just spent a lot of time up here during this time of the year. Uh, actually uh, spent some time at our farm this morning up at uh, up in Minner City, and it was just a beautiful morning. Um, I've got a couple of quotes I want to share with you, and then I'm going to ask Kyle, the producer of the show, to join me. We're going to catch up with Kyle before we go to my friend, Captain Ronnie Daniels, to talk about his God service and how things are going in his world these days. But, excuse me, the first one is from uh, Jay-Z. You know him, the, the, the rapper and the producer. This guy's been extraordinarily successful in my uh, her, uh, history book this morning. It showed that he had he was born back in December 1969. But he said this along the way. He says, we change people through conversation, not through censorship. We change people through conversation, not through censorship. You know, as a former publisher who believes strongly in the First Amendment and freedom of speech, boy, it's amazing the conversations we're having today about censorship. And it's interesting that Elon Musk, and you've heard me talk about this before, but Elon Musk uh, is running Twitter now with the thought that people should have a voice and there's not a lot of censorship. There is some censorship happening at, uh, at Twitter. There is some unacceptable behavior that is not accepted, and certainly they put those safeguards in place. But at the end of the day, he's doing what he's doing to protect free speech. But it is interesting that some people believe the way to change people is through censorship, and, and I'm the kind of guy who believes that we should have conversations. We can disagree on this issue, but we should respect each other. The next issue we may very well agree on. And then uh, my friend, Charlotte uh, Gilmer, who actually they own a, a meat processing plant up in Greenwood called BB's. They do really good work, I might add. But she posted this, and I don't know who the author was, but I think it's a really good thing to pay attention to this time of year. And the headline on it is walk away. And here's what it says. Walk away from people who put you down. Walk away from fights that will never be resolved. Walk away from trying to please people who will never see you see your worth. The more you walk away from things that poison your soul, the healthier you will be. I think that's a good one. Maybe a lot of people have New Year's, New Year's resolutions that involve uh, paying more attention to the people who you surround yourself with. And listen, as a publisher, I learned early on, I know who my core group's going to be. And it took a lot of work for people to get into that core group. And I just hate negativity. I hate people who are not positive. And uh, I don't like drama. I definitely don't like drama. And, you know, a lot of people could, could pay attention to that. The, the more you walk away from things that poison your soul, the healthier you will be. Man, I totally agree with that. Now let's go to my friend Cal uh, Curley, the producer of the Ricky Matthews Show, someone we should be catching up with more often. And first of all, just say good morning. How you doing, Kyle? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? 
I'm doing good. Well, first of all, let me uh, thank you publicly. I know you're off this week, and you're just coming, you know, parachuting in to do this show. I really appreciate your support, my friend. I, pr- I pre- appreciate all the support you've given me throughout the over three years that we've been together. I can literally set my clock by you, and I appreciate you. Yeah, for the most part, yeah, I'm here pretty much on time. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're always on time. What are you talking about, man? You, you are, you are really quite amazing. Because Kyle's got a lot of responsibility. He does IT and operations and voice. Um, I mean, he's got he's got a lot going on within the Super Talk family. And then on top of that, he does music in the Superdome during Saints games. And listen, Saints' poor performance, as I've said many times before, is no, has nothing to do with the music. They have a bad game plan. But hopefully, we can get we can get that turned around with some good music. Man, yeah, that last you know, it, it's been a up and down, almost on the verge of complete uh, disaster this season. Um, you know, we can only hope that they can finish strong and see where it goes from here. But uh, you know, we're doing what I can, we what we can up in the press box to put on a good show, and that's in the end. You kind of figure out usually by the end of the first quarter, maybe closer to halftime, whether we're looking for a win or if we're putting on a good show or both. You know. Yeah, I know it's uh, it's been a very inconsistent this year, but maybe maybe they can close the season out on a positive note. You know, Kyle, you've heard a lot of conversations that I've had. You know, this this quote from Jay Z that we can change people through conversation, not through censorship. It is amazing to me that some people think that censorship is really the way to go. Yeah, it it is. And I I, I totally agree with what he said. And it kind of almost brings to uh, the mind Ted Lasso is where, you know, people shouldn't be disagreeing with you more and publicly or even, you know, outright trying to, turn down your answers or your opinions as opposed to just asking questions. Yeah. Ask I, I, questions. By the way, Ted Lasso, yeah. man, I yeah. love that show. What a, what a great message that comes out of it. But I think that's the, the, the route forward. You have to be able to ask questions and you have to accept other people's people's answers. But at the same time, we should not have to tippy toe around anyone's thoughts, beliefs, you have your thought and belief. We have ours. I have mine. And it is what it is. And, you know, you just got to find a way to, you know, sit peacefully uh, coexist with other people, really. What's interesting is uh, the world that I came from, I was used to, you know, being in newspapers for most of my career and then in digital media around in the news business. I was used to people disagreeing. I was used to writing editorials and having points of view that I didn't agree with. And um, I think that's what makes a great democracy, having wonderful debates and discussions. But what's happened now is that we live in such a a society where everyone has such thin skin. And, you know, again, this this show is not political, but I think a great example of this is recently uh, Illinois State um, University had a a cyclocross championship and two two uh, transgender essentially biological men won the gold medal and the silver medal and a woman won the bronze medal in the women's category. And so, you know, again, this is not a political show, but it's amazing to me that we have gotten to a place where we can set biology aside, 
And uh, what the majority of people believe, I mean, for thousands of years, men and women were men and women. And suddenly we're in a situation where there's thin skin in society such that we're enabling men to go compete with women. I don't understand how we got there, but I'm hoping eventually we can have the kind of public discussion and debates that we need to have to turn this around and get get us in a position where we're not so thin skinned anymore. So taking that very same thought, allowing, taking the same perspective of the men identifying as women, can we just bring along, say, a dog and say, no, that's a woman, that's a girl, <laughs> and put the dog in the race as a female? No, I mean, but that, you know, of course, that's taking it too far. But here's the thing, you know, I believe that the line. Um, I thought the line was dys- male, female. I believe that gender dysphoria is real. And so if we as a society are going are going to recognize trans athletes, then they should we should form a third division of athletic endeavor that involves trans athletes and let women compete with women and men compete with men. And, and, and we should recognize that some people identify as some men identify as women and some women identify as men. And that's just reality. But if they want to compete in sports, they should compete in, 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 with other people who, who think the same way. And feel the same way. It's yeah. not fair to women. You don't see many women crossing over to men's sports. No. So, but that's but the point is, how did we get here? I don't know how we got in this place. I, I did a post on my personal page early this morning, and man, it just stoked up a firestorm. It's amazing to me that so many people believe it's okay. It's okay for for men to compete against women. It's amazing to me. It all started with participation trophies. It might have. I mean, hey. Kyle, I mean, there's a lot of people who believe that that is actually true. Yeah. That, that That is definitely true. So you, even in having this conversation, I'm sure people who don't agree with us think we should, uh, we should, you know, do a nod to, you know, biological men who want to compete with women because they identify as a woman and that's okay. And that's not right. okay. You know, eventually we're going to have to resolve that. My, my post was not a political post, but one that simply said, who's going to lead us out of this mess for our children's sake? I mean, that's that's where I am. Right. And we know we've got to find our we got to find our place. But anyway, Kyle, thank you so much for what you do to support me, my friend. You bet. Not a problem. My pleasure. So uh, now we're going to move over to my friend Ronnie Daniels and Ronnie and I. We love uh, visioning with with each other because we both share a love for the outdoors. But he's uh, with Fisherman Guide Service. He's uh, he's an expert fisherman, but he also loves to hunt and enjoy just time in the outdoors. How you doing, Ronnie? Man, I'm doing great today. Enjoying this weather. That it is. It has been. It has been terrific. So you know what? When you add it all up, you guys had, from a weather point of view, um, we had some some uh, some wind to deal with. But from a weather point of view, things kind of served you pretty well through the through this uh, summer and fall. The weather wasn't terrible. Um, it was different. Uh, yes. We definitely had a different year. Uh, the majority of our days in the summer this year, we had a west wind, which just doesn't happen. We typically have a prevailing southeast wind all summer, and uh, it, uh, it it kind of changed things up a little bit. Well, what we'll do, talk more about that when we get on the other side. But when we come back on the other side, we'll talk about how has this year been? We had this big, huge drought and lots of salinity, and how did it impact fishing? And then we'll talk about his love of the outdoors in general. We'll see you after this with uh, Captain Ronnie Daniels. 
passion and love for Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. I was telling Kyle during the break that uh, this discussion about uh, men, biological men, being able to uh, compete with women probably threw some of my listeners off because we don't typically get into that. But um, when we talk about the the kind of thin-skinned society that we live in today and that we can't have proper debates because someone's going to get their feelings hurt, then that's not a good place to be as a society. So I promise you I won't go there too often, but... It's, uh, it, you know, for my kids' sake, I hope we find a leader that can help us work our way through that mess. And so if you're not used to that, I apologize for, for going there, but that's how I feel. That's just, that's just where I am on that. So anyway, we're coming back to my friend, Captain Ronnie Daniel, who uh, we, were, we were talking about how this summer was different. The prevailing southeast wind, a drought, not a lot of rain, basically no rain. <laughs> it, with salinity levels higher than we've seen them in a long time. But it's like feast of famine on salinity, isn't it, my friend? Yeah, it is. And, you know, we you're absolutely right. High salinity all year was translated into really, really clean water. Our floundering was great because we had incredible visibility. But, you know, typically on a normal year, we'll get, we'll get some strong east winds or southeast, and that'll push a lot of clean water in here. And you'll start seeing some species that you don't normally see and one that we've seen a lot of this year because we've had that clean, salty water or pompano. Um, you know, I ran a trip last week, Taylor Reef, right outside the bay here. We caught a big pompano. And uh, it was kind of funny. The guy that was fishing with me didn't want to keep any fish. So we had thrown back flounder and trout and, you know, everything that we had caught. And we get there and he catches that one. And I said, buddy. You're having lunch at Shaggy's today because I ain't throwing this one back. We're going to clean that <laughs> and let you experience this one. And uh, we brought that one in. He had a great lunch before he left. But, you know, I've even seen Pompano all the way over in the middle of Lake Bourne this year, way over to the west by Bob's Lake. And you just don't ever see them there. And it, it's a result of that clean water. Um, mangrove snapper being caught over there in Lake Bourne. Uh, a lot of stuff. It's pretty cool. <clears throat> yeah, I was fishing in Back Bay, not far from my house, with my grandson Brody, and we caught about a fifty-pound bull shark. You know, wow. and I know they're, I know they're back there. You know, <laughs> obviously, you know they're going to be back there because that's sort of their thing. You know, yeah. but we just, you know, we just hadn't caught too many of those like that. Um, maybe some smaller ones along the way, but it was that was that was kind of shocking to me. I do have to say the most unusual catch. I'm sitting here thinking about this when you say that. We caught a squid on a jig this year inside of the Biloxi Marsh. Really? <laughs> we, we were all scratching our heads whenever <laughs> we lifted that hook up out of the water. Wow, that is so interesting. That is really interesting. Uh, of course, we just had a big rain, so it'll be interesting to see how that impacts you know, the salinity, especially in, in the backwaters, because most of the backwaters are very significantly impacted by uh, the the watershed. What what's your read? Do we get enough to really mess things up completely? I think it'll clean up pretty quick. Um, you know, especially over here on our side. Uh, like I said, we were already at such a clean level, and the rivers are so low. I don't think really that we got enough to raise it up enough to for any any kind of long term effect. I think it's going to be right back. If it hadn't already gotten back there, it's going to be right back to where it should be shortly. 
Yeah, Jordan, my son Jordan, um, who who fishes a lot, he went out to and not far from the house after the rain because he was curious about, you know, you you could really see the brown and water. Of course, you know when you have when the when the freshwater gets into the salt water, the salt water tends to be down mm-hmm. and freshwater stays above. So it's not like there's a complete mix that happens, and that's that's actually the good news. Um, the tide, the tide changes, I think, help us a lot. But he went out, and uh, I mean, this is the day after the rain. I mean, so it's, you're talking about salinity levels that were impacted pretty significantly. And he caught a 16-inch uh, trout. And you know the story on trout. I mean, trout are very salinity focused and very clear water focused as well. So, so there must have been some clear water down below. That's that's really the only answer. Or else they would have moved you know, where as far as they needed to move to find the water they like. But so that was a good sign. Um, gosh, man, so many, if we talk about on my outdoor show every, every week, there's so many opportunities to try so many different things. So even if you have a, um, a loss of salinity due to high, high rain, there's so many backup plans, aren't there? Oh yeah. You know, we, we've got the full spectrum here from fishing up in the bays and the mouth of the bayous and the rivers to you can run all the way offshore. If that's, if that's your thing, I used to enjoy a lot of that. I'm, I'm not uh, I'm not as mad at those offshore fish as I used to be, but you can absolutely experience every bit of it from right here on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. So you look back on your year, Ronnie. How, what kind of year did you have? We had a great year. You know, um, we caught a, a really good amount of fish. We had a lot of clients. We had some good weather. We had clean water. You know, all in all, I would say it was an absolute success. Um, one of the things I'm most excited about coming out of this year is the recent changes that Louisiana made. They they have finally moved the needle a little bit on on their uh, their limits and and their sizes over there in that upper Biloxi Marsh, which I think has been needed for quite some time. Um, just the sheer amount of pressure that's being put on these fish nowadays, with the amount of boats that are on the water, uh, we 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 really got to got to look out for these fish and make sure that we're we're protecting the numbers. I'm really, you know, it's, a, it's really surprising to me because, as you know, I spent a lot of time in Louisiana as the president and publisher of the Times, com. watch the situation there very, you know, very regularly. Like, for example, when, when I was here, we talked a lot about Red Snapper. You know, when I was publisher, that's always been a big debate in the, mm-hmm. the role of Gulf Marine uh, Fisheries Council. When I was in Alabama, you know, same thing. Wrote lots of editorials about it. Go go over to Louisiana. Same kind of thing. So they're very sensitive to their resources, but they've been really slow as it relates to speckled trout. I was surprised it took them so long to sort of come to grips with that. And then you add to that the the diversion projects that they're working on and how that could impact um, the the various marshes, especially off side of the river. Um, you know, you they've got to be more aggressive. Yeah, absolutely. You know, those, <clears throat> the diversion, the the mid-Breton diversion, that's that's something that's certainly on everybody's radar, and it's worrisome. Um, you know, the report that USM put out on that is we're talking about 100-plus days of less than 5% salinity added on top of what we already normally experience. So, you know, if that if that comes to fruition and and that report is right, uh, we're definitely going to have to look real hard at at our fisheries and our habitat because that's uh, that's not going to be a good thing for us. 
So, so this diversion project that we're talking about is not related to the Bonacary. We'll come back to Bonacary in just a second, but this is a diversion project that that Louisiana and the Corps of Engineers are are focused on in the Breton Sound area, essentially. Um, and so, what it would do is it would help them rebuild some loss. They're obviously very concerned about the loss of of uh, of land. And the, the degradation has been incredible, and there's no good answers. I mean, it, it all all goes back to once they started controlling the flow of the Mississippi River, it really it really began to have impact on the ability for sediment to come back in, and and keep the land healthy. So that's what they're going to be doing. So so they got this project going on, and it will have its impact, and we will adjust, and Louisiana commercial fishermen and recreational fishermen will adjust, and whatever. And we'll be forced to do that. But then if we have a rain event <laughs> uh, and we end up having to protect the city of New Orleans and we have to open up the Bonnie Carey Spillway. So the Bonnie Carey Spillway, along with that project, that other diversion project, gosh, it would just have a devastating impact, man. Yeah, it absolutely would. Um, you know, we we saw what happened four years ago with the multiple openings of the Bonnie Carey. And uh, that was tough. That was really tough on everybody. It was especially tough on our commercial fishermen and Louisiana's commercial fishermen as well. Um, you know, those guys really struggled through that. Whenever you whenever you wash all the salinity out of here, um, you're really impacting our our estuaries, our everything that lives in them. Yeah, it was never intended. The Mississippi Sound is a unique estuarian complex, and <clears throat> it was never intended to have a significant flow of fresh water into it. And and so when that happens, it extraordinarily disrupts the entire ecosystem in ways that take years to recover from. What we've learned is it's, it's really resilient, but the damage that is done on the fisheries, whether it be oyster fishermen, you know, of course, I think Moby Solange and the Marine Mammal Institute have done a great job of documenting the, uh, the situation with porpoises. I mean, he calls them the, the canary in a landmine. Because they don't, they don't just readily move out to find better salinity. They'll stay in those subpar conditions for a long time, and it will begin to really affect their their body tissues, and they die eventually. And uh, the number of you know sea turtles and other animals that were impacted by that, you know, to open the Bonacary two times in one year, I mean, and then then the the resulting algae that came from that man. <laughs> Oh, so we're protecting the city of New Orleans and we're putting the entire economy of coastal Mississippi at risk as a result of that. So I, I hope that eventually they, they find a better approach. There there you know, there are there are solutions, but it's costly, extraordinarily costly. But you know, I guess they're doing an economic analysis. The good news of the effort is sort of working to compete or certainly to to, to fight that effort. They've uh, they've won some court verdicts they've got to pay attention to what's happening in Mississippi now before they didn't even have to do that so that's that's actually the good news um, hey when we come back we'll continue our conversation with Captain Ronnie Daniel we'll see you after this his passion and love for Mississippi is why he's here this is the Ricky Matthews show on Super Talk Mississippi Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show from the Citizens Bank Studio. We have my friend Captain Ronnie Daniels from Fisherman Guide Service. We'll talk a little bit more about Fisherman Guide Service here in just a second. But 
You know, that was an interesting conversation. I didn't expect that we would go there, but you know, for 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 the fishermen, uh, commercial fishermen, recreational fishermen that fish more toward Louisiana and into Louisiana, um, past Christiana. I mean, you think about the how the industry was impacted so significantly by the Bonacary Spillway. Um, it's a great reminder that uh, the w- when the Bonacary Spillway was open and had this incredible impact on coastal Mississippi, that's a man-made disaster. We we literally created that. If yep. we just leave the Mississippi Sound alone and not divert fresh water that's not intended to go into the P- Lake Pontchartrain and Lake Bourne and eventually into the Mississippi Sound, um, we would have a pretty good situation. But we got to worry about all these man-made diversions that create real challenges for us. And this affects economies, this affects livelihoods, it affects people, and it affects uh, an ecosystem so significantly. And we probably should be talking about it more. As you and I were chatting during the break, that these things are, we don't have a resolution to the Bonacare Spillway. We do have one, as we discussed, the court ruling that said Mississippi has to be part of of, of their of their decision matrix and, and the environmental impact has to be part of the decision matrix as it relates to the Bonnie Carey Spillway. But the reality is they're still going to open it <clears throat> and they still don't have good solutions. And we're not paying enough attention to the other diversion projects that are on, that are on the drawing board. And uh, we probably should bring more attention to it. If it's not in the headlines, people aren't paying attention to it, but it's still... Uh, it's a it's a monster lurking. <clears throat> All it's going to yeah. take is a bad year of rain north of us, and we're going to have some big challenges again. Um, but the reality is, you guys have enjoyed a scenario where, uh, you know, let's face it, the 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 drought that we've experienced here in the Mississippi Delta, some the some of the areas that we that are part of the farms that I lease up here are, are drier than I've ever seen them ever. And some people say drier than they've ever seen them in their lifetime. You know, that's mm-hmm. how much. But the droughts help coastal fishermen, and and I know as well that the, the, my experience in the backwaters have been just just awesome. So um, you know your your guests have really enjoyed that aspect of it, haven't they? Oh yeah, they absolutely have. You know, I can't tell you how many days this year we were running out, and I'm looking, thinking, man, this water just it looked like Florida water out there. You know. Um, just recently, I was running back from Cat Island in an area that I knew was three or four feet deep, but I was worried I was fixing to hit bottom because I could see it so well. It felt like running through the waters down there in Gulf Shores or somewhere in Florida, but it's been really nice to have that. You know, we've had to adjust some of our fishing where sometimes I would use a 30-pound leader. You know, we're going down to 15 or even 20 Um a lot of people ask me about fluorocarbon over the years, and 90% of the time, I don't feel like our waters dictate fluorocarbon because it's just not that clean. Uh, this year was absolutely the year for fluorocarbon if you wanted to use it. Yeah, Sonny, Sonny told me that at Cat Island, Sonny <clears throat> Schindler told me that at Cat Island, over the grass beds, it was as clear as he's ever seen it, and you could, you could sight cast for, for fish. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've seen bottom this year in places that I've never seen it before, and not because of low water, just because of the visibility. And, you know, that's what I was talking about with the floundering. Even on a windy night, you know, we were we were getting a good 10, 15 feet of visibility on, on a bad night, and, you know, 30 to 40 um, on a really good night with the underwater lights. That's what it feels like uh, to be in, the, in Key West. <laughs> <laughs> so wouldn't it be great if we could experience that? 
But, you know, the, the, the fact that we don't experience it, the fact that there could be brown water from time to time, you know, a lot of that has to do with nutrients. A lot of that has to do with the mix of rainwater and, and, and runoff and all the other aspects of it. And then at the end of the day, it sort of contributes to a very diverse fishery at the end of the day. You know, that's, that's, that's part of the, what makes this a great fishery. Well, you know, one of the good things that we get to do is, as charter boat captains is, is we get to educate people on our waters. And, you know, that's one of the questions that comes up all the time. I cringe whenever I see people on Facebook, don't get in that water. It's terrible. It's dirty. It's not dirty. It's just muddy. Um, and that nutrient-rich environment that we have here is what gives us a world-class fishery. It's what makes us such a great estuary starting with the benthics all the way down on the bottom and all the way up to food chain to all the great species that we have here. Hey, so Ronnie, for people who have not heard our conversation before about this incredible partnership with Remmer Covington and what you're doing in Pascrishan Harbor at the, at the charter docks, I had the opportunity to go down there and look not long ago and man, it's special. It, it really is special. Oh man, I tell you, we, we couldn't have, ended up with a better place and certainly not a better person to work with. Um, you know, I joke all the time and say that, you know, I brought this idea to Rimmer and, and in Rimmer fashion, he kind of said, hang on, watch this. I, can, I, I think I can do a little better with that. And he did, man, it's a phenomenal world-class facility that we have down there. We come in from fishing. Our clients have a comfortable place to hang out during the summer, live music. They can get drinks. They can have food. They can get their fish cooked. Um, our corporate clients have absolutely loved the whole venue because we've got everything covered there. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, I love telling his story, and you you know he's been on, and we've been on with him before. But his story is so, so cool, the way that he's, he's just progressed and got – thinking bigger and built this company and all the things that he's done. So it's great, you know, we've got somebody with experience and someone who can take a nugget of an idea and explode it into this bigger thing. Yeah. You had a great idea. You y'all work together. Now, I mean, you go down there and you sense that charter boat captains are respected and clients are respected and this great symbiotic relationship between Shaggy's and and your clients. It's special. It really is special. You know, Ricky, whenever I had my TV show, I got to do a lot of traveling and I got to fish a lot of different places. And the one thing that we have here that is so critical that you just don't see anywhere else is cooperation. Everybody gets along. You know, we have shore thing charters over here, which from day one has kind of been my biggest competitor. And then there's myself and our group of captains. But I had somebody bring that point up to me about competition, and I said, I don't see it as competition. We're all working towards the same goal, and I don't care who they fish with as long as they get a quality charter because they're going to go tell people about what the Mississippi Gulf Coast has to offer. And we've got all these different captains and these different groups of captains that all work together right there in Pastors Shan. I mean, we're talking on the radio. We're talking whenever we're in. And, I can tell you, any one of the other guys down there, if I need something, if I'm in trouble, they're coming to get me, you know, and, and it, it just, it works both ways, and it's all come together, and it's just working flawlessly. I love to see, I love to see that, and I know that to be a fact that there's a, there's a competitive nature to what you guys do, but 
you know that when you work together, it's going to help. And you know, um, you know, when you when you improve the scenario for all of you guys, it literally is a scenario where a rising tide is going to lift all boats. And the way you guys work together around that is is something to see. And again, I've seen it with my own eyes, and I've obviously developed great relationships with you and Sonny. And uh, and that's 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 really awesome to see. Um, if did you have a trip this year that really stands out to you that as as being one that you may never be able to replicate? You know, we had some really good trips, but I got to be honest with you, the highlight of my year is probably the same thing that the highlight of my year was last year on October 10th, I believe it was. We were lucky enough to be able to host uh, Fishing with Buddies again there out of Pass Christian. And, you know, Rimmer and, and Shaggies are extremely gracious to that event as well. And whenever you talk about everybody working together, you know, one call to Sonny and his guys and just about every one of their boats. I mean, these guys, if they had a doctor's appointment, they were trying to cancel it to be a part of this event. And we were we were able to put together, I believe it was 20 boats, and we took 38 uh, adult and children, special needs adults and children, fishing for an afternoon. And, man, that's just something, you know, that's what it's all about. We work all, all year and grind all day and, we love our clients. We enjoy them. But whenever you get to to just kick back and do something like that and watch the looks on those kids' faces and see them experience things that just really put them over the top, you can't ask for any more than that. I, it's so cool that you brought that up. I mean, you your commitment to that effort is 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 um, extremely admirable. And Sonny said that it, it's they all felt like. It was so special. They enjoyed. We could. We should tell people a little bit more about what this what this effort is. But he also said to you that your dedication to this is incredible. And he, in fact, encouraged me if I can to bring my boat over and participate next year. He said, "Just so Man, cool." We would absolutely love to have you. And I'm gonna tell you the same thing I tell all the captains that I recruit for this. One thing I promise you. You're going to leave there feeling better than you did whenever you got there. There's no doubt about that. Hey, listen, when we come back on the other side, we'll tell you a little bit more about what that effort is. It's really special and something that Sun, that uh, I said also, almost said Sunny. Sunny certainly does believe in it, but Ronnie Daniels is kind of the father of this effort, and we'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back on the other side. to more of the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show from the Citizens Bank Studio. I have my friend Captain Ronnie Daniels with us today, and we're just covering a wide range of stuff. We hadn't caught up in a while, so it's great to see Ronnie. The reason we don't is because he's usually on the water. <laughs> so it's, yeah. a, it's a labor of love, that's for sure. What we were referring to a few minutes ago is an effort that Ronnie is behind. He's got so many people involved in it. About, uh, it involves kids. But, but the headline to this is something that I share about so many of my guests. It's about... When they find success in their lives, they're really focused on giving back. And so the giving back, he had an opportunity to talk about a great 
trip that you might have taken with a client, but he immediately comes back to this volunteer effort that they put in place that is the, sort of the ultimate example of Ronnie's commitment to giving back to the community. So, Ronnie, tell people a little bit more about that effort. So, it's an organization called, it, it started out as Buddy Ball. Um, great guy, Mike Crawford, is the one that heads up all of it. And they wanted to branch Buddy Ball out. Uh, and they started fishing with buddies that kind of spawned off the baseball thing. I was lucky enough to be invited to an event in Gulfport. They've got a lot of great captains over there in, in that Gulfport Long Beach area that put one on in the spring. And, uh, man, as soon as I got done with that, I thought, we've got to do one of these in Pasker Shin. And, you know, made a few phone calls. And, of course, Shaggy's was all in. And, and all of our captains were all in. Couldn't wait to do it. So each year in October, uh, we line up as many boats as we can, and then we ask Mike to bring enough kids, you know, bring up enough uh, participants. I shouldn't say kids because they're not all kids, uh, but participants to fill those boats up. And it's not just charter boat captains. You know, if, if a recreational guy like yourself uh, wants to get involved and be a part of it and come help out, we, we absolutely welcome them. Um, it's a couple hours out of your day that really – makes the whole week for these participants and their families and just them getting to experience time on the water. You know, it's not even all about catching fish. Mike's daughter, Emily, has just absolutely become best friends with my daughter and my wife, and she rides on my boat every time, and she will catch a fish, but she loves just riding around, waving at the other boats and, and playing music, and that's what we're there for is to do whatever they want to do. Well, I, I congratulate you on on keeping keeping that focus. Uh, so, if you if you look at your business overall, uh, tell people about your business specifically and and, uh, and what you're capable of doing. So, we do a lot of different things, especially now that we've integrated everybody else at the Shaggy's Charter Dock down there. Um, we have opportunities from snapper fishing to just island tours to. What I do traditionally pretty much every day is, is inshore fishing, speckled trout, redfish. We also do nighttime floundering trips. We offer lodging over here. I've got some vacation rentals that we put people up in. We have a cook your catch program there at Shaggy's. We come in, clean the fish. If you wanna go up and have lunch and eat some of your fish or come back that night and have them cooked, they'll do that there as well. Um, the new facility has really expanded our options for our larger corporate groups. Um, our best day to date, I think it was 62 or 68 people we fished in one day. Um, a lot of boats, a lot of moving parts. Uh, and we've got several groups like that that you know bring anywhere from 20 to 50 people in one day. And we've got plenty of room to, to host them and uh, plenty of amenities for them to enjoy while they're here. So uh, during the, during this time of year, as you know, I spend a lot of time up in the Mississippi Delta. I love it up here. Uh, you love it up here, too. You're going to be able to get up and go do some hunting? You know, my wife and I were talking last night. I said, I wanted to go this week. I did, and I stayed home. We had some stuff to take care of. But I told her, as soon as I start seeing those deer running across those cameras, <laughs> I'm going to be gone for a few days. <laughs> 
Well, some are running. <laughs> yeah, I think y'all get a little bit earlier start. This year we're hunting in Louisville, Mississippi, which is just outside of Starkville there. And I think y'all yeah. probably start a little earlier than us. Yeah. We yeah. got our place down on the river south of Natchez. We're a uh, county that a really big buck just came out of this year. And we're, yeah. we're usually around New Year's there. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's special. You know, for me, it's, it's certainly about the hunting but I could care whether I could care less whether I sh- shoot a deer or not. You know, it's I just love being there. I love watching my friends and family enjoy being here. You know, I love watching my grandson soak it up. I love when my granddaughter is able to come, and can't wait for my son Jordan's kids to get old enough to be able to be up here. But they're just letting them get to know the Delta. It's you know when you come to the Delta for people who have not been here, it's like going to another country. It's you're, it's so different than coastal Mississippi. The people here are so good and they're kind, and uh, the farmers are so committed. And I've I've used the opportunity to really learn about the farming culture and what that's all about, and how hard they have to work, and you know how resilient they have to be because you know they'll have a good year, but then they'll have a bad year and another bad year, and then they'll, they'll have a good year. It's tough, man. This is sort of the long. It's the art of the long view, that is for sure. But hope you get to come up here. We're out of time for the day, but it's been a pleasure, my friend, to catch up with you. Always great to talk with you, Ricky. Thank you for having me on. You bet. This this has been Captain Ronnie Daniels from Fisher Guide Service, and he's a good dude. He represents as well as you can you can see. So all of these, all of the charter boat captains of Coastal Mississippi are are literally ambassadors to the rest of the world for Coastal Mississippi, yep. and we appreciate all of them. God bless you, and have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Talk Mississippi Media Production.